I felt led to this speak on this particular subject, abounding in the kingdom today. <clears throat> uh, there's a verse that I read last Sunday that God just really spoke to me about, and I really appreciate what Brenda had to share this morning because it's a lot of what I have the same, the same thing. Um, I see people on that side because there's a world of people that are on that side. And when God brings them in here, he wants us to love them. Amen? He wants us to love them. He wants us to see them as he sees them. And so even though there's the experience of where people are at, and we all know these things from life, we can relate, but we can also relate in a greater manner as to what God really did. And uh, I read a scripture verse last Sunday, and I felt that this is one of the themes of this year, and, and Brenda really hit the, the ball out of the park with it, and it's found in Corinthians, and it says this, he can make all grace abound unto you. And abound means to be in surplus. So that you would be sufficiently supplied with what you need to fulfill the will of God. Amen. And I believe God wants to bring us this year to a higher level of grace. Not in the sense of just favor for our life, although that comes with it. But grace meaning divine favor and divine ability to be and do who we are to be. And I just want to speak prophetically to you today because I believe God speaks from his word because his word is everlasting. That means it's always alive. There's never a time when God's word is not applicable. And so he wants us to abound. He wants, he, he, can lavish his grace upon us, and he wants to give us more than we need. What is it like to live in a grace world where I have more than I need? That means this. His complete favor is with me, and his divine ability enables me. That's what it means to walk in the grace of God. It doesn't mean a license to sin or to walk my own way. What it means is that, you know what? God says, I have a will for my people in the earth. I was just sharing with Pastor Daniel this week. We pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. When somebody asks me to do something and I said, I will, I'm committed. And uh, so I thought, you know what, it would be interesting to see how many scriptures there are with God's I wills. <sighs> you wouldn't believe it. There are hundreds of scriptures. I will, I will, I will. Life is not about what we can do. Life is about what he wants us to do. Right. We can do anything. But what does he want us to do? And he abounds his grace to give us divine favor and divine ability to actually carry out the will of God in the earth. Are you alive? 
favor took us out of darkness and brought us into light. Favor took us out of the control of Satan and put us under the control of Jesus. That's grace. And there's a world out there that needs the grace of God, not the judgment of God. They need good news. Amen? They need good news. But I believe God would challenge us today to think of what he has said. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So let me read you a couple of I wills. I was, I was looking at the I wills in the book of Exodus, and it says, it says at the bottom in the iPad here, it says, I got the iPad, the iPhone, and my notes. It says there's 89 more references just in the book of Exodus. But here's what God says. I will give you your wages. In uh, Exodus chapter 3, and Moses said, I will not turn aside. So, oh, I will not turn aside from the miracle I'm just seeing happening. God says, I will send you. Who sent Moses to Pharaoh? God did. Who sends us to the world? God does. Who sends us to our brother and sister? God does. We must see that God is the one who is the one who initiates what he wants to do. And I, I was just amazed at the amount of I wills. And I have said, I will bring you up out of affliction. Wow. God's will is to bring people out of their afflictions. When we look at the world out there, we look at Christians that are not doing well. God's desire is that they come out of affliction. God said to Israel, I am the God that heals you. God didn't say that and said, well, I don't know, just some. He never, he never qualified. He just said what he'd do. He didn't qualify with a particular type of people. And I looked at all these I wills and I'm saying, God, you are just awesome. There is nothing in this world that God said he would not do. He judged Pharaoh. Just think of this as favor. And then he gave Israel favor. And Egypt gave them all the wealth that they took out of there. They never earned that wealth. So when God sets people free, he sets them free into abundance of what he has provided. And I think sometimes we as Christians live in a poverty mentality. And it's a woe is me attitude. But God doesn't have that attitude. God is not woe is me. And he lives in us. Amen? He actually lives in us. The God who says, oh, woe is me. God doesn't say woe is me. He just says, I will. Amen? He just says, I will. I will. So when I say to my wife, my wife asked me to do something, and I told her, I said, I don't have a box for that. And she told me, I'll make you one. 
But when my wife asked me to do something, I said, I will. It means I own what she said. When God said, I will, he owns it. I will bring you out of your affliction. I will. I will take you out of Egypt. I'll take you out of the world system. And I'll bring you into my system. I will. There's a lot of I wills in the Bible. I was just amazed. I'm thinking, wow. I started isolating them this morning. And I looked at my computer. And there's a little dot on this side. tells me that there's about 47 pages at least. No spaces. It's like, wow. This is not what you can do but what God will do for you and through you. Let's remember that the year, this year that we're in, God wants to do for you and through you things that you can't accomplish. He wants us to walk in the supernatural 24-7. I think God is saying, church, come. And walk with me. This is the year of excessive grace towards you and through you to others. You see, God is not cheap, His grace is sufficient. That means I want to give you an abundance. I want you to abound in sufficiency. I want you to be, have more sufficiency than you need. That's really important. Because without him, we can do nothing. But with him, and his excessiveness means I can keep doing and still have left over. We don't walk in spiritual poverty, folks. We walk in spiritual abundance by the grace of God. It's not by law. It's by grace. It's my freedom to choose to walk and allow him to, to allow his grace to abound in my life with more than I need. Hallelujah. I told Sean I got two messages, one on grace and one on abound. But let me read you this out of Hebrews. This is talking about Jesus. He went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven, not by virtue of blood of good and goats and calves, by which to make reconciliation between God and man, but his own blood, having found and secured a complete, redemptive, everlasting release. When he entered into heaven, he secured our release from the powers of darkness. He's re he, he secured our release by causing us to be under his authority. 
It's in his authority that we have security. It's in his kingdom. He wants us to abound under his authority. He, he is able. It's not our ability, folks. It's his ability to lavish a grace that goes beyond sin. That is able to, when sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Living a life in favor with God is to have enough grace, unmerited favor, to actually offer to somebody else. And I think we have to start thinking like God. God was totally right to just destroy all of us. But by the grace of God, he sent his son to pay the price. This is favor, folks. This is grace. This is divine intervention. And taking us out of where we were and bringing us into his kingdom of his dear son. The one who conquered the grave. The one who conquered Satan. The one who conquered sickness. The one who conquered everything that needed to be conquered. This is what I believe God wants us to look forward to in the coming year. Let's move out of our thinking and into his expectation. Because there's a huge difference. Our thinking is humanly limited. But his expectation can become our reality. Even though we can't think it through. Have you ever thought through how you got saved? How was it that God took us out of darkness and brought us into his light? How, I don't know. All I know is he did it. So it's not necessarily what we can think. But what he can do. And I think when we rely on more what he can do than we think, we will see more supernatural things happen. And I don't know how many people in here, I know there are some that are not in, the, in here, but they're, they're, they, they want to evangelize. I want to tell you something. Do it. Do what your passion says to do. God will walk with you because he put it there. It's not because of you. It's because he put it there. And I remember, I was trying to think of how many years ago it was. After a while, you know, you kind of lose memory about how many years has gone by. But I think I was about 27 years old. And I was burning inside with desire. Not knowing where I was going, what I was doing, or what it even meant. But God saw me through. And I was doing things that to other people was dumb. Because you don't have the education. You don't have the ability to talk. 
You don't have the ability to communicate. You don't have any of that. But God thought different. And it wasn't because of what I had. It was because of who he was and is. That's what matters, folks. That's what really matters. And the favor that he gave me and where he brought me to and where he's taking me to is everlasting. Because we walk in an everlasting covenant, meaning what he said will never end. Just keep going. Amen? Just keep going. He is able. It's when he, in his divine ability, says, more grace, more grace. I want grace to abound in your life until you are just overflowing with it and it affects everybody else around you. And it's not about the law. And it's not about judgment. It's not about what I can do. It's about what he can do and what he said. Stop yelling, Nelson. He ratified the everlasting covenant. In other words, he put it into motion. And he's saying, walk in it. Expect it. Believe it, talk it, dream it. Amen. And Christ the Messiah is therefore the negotiator, the mediator of an inter of an entirely new agreement. New covenant. So that those who are called and offered it may be received the fulfillment of promised everlasting inheritance. Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 9, verse 15. Since death has taken place, which secures and delivers and redeems them from the transgression committed under the old and first agreement. The freedom from trying to perform the law was put to an end because God forgave. Because he ratified the covenant with his own blood and he presented it to the Father. And when God looks at you, he sees the blood. He sees the blood. Oh, it's such good news. It's such good news. Grace abounds because the covenant has been ratified. The covenant has been made to come into reality. One of the challenges that I live with, I don't know about my wife, but is living out the divine covenant in our relationship.
can I be gracious to my mate like God is gracious to me? Well, sometimes I'm not. But it's my endeavor. And so now I do the dishes. <laughs> I told my brother, you ruined me. We went over there and he was emptying the dishwasher. It was all I needed to see and I was done. See, grace, let me explain this to you. Oh, gee, why did I take my glasses off? Corinthians 9, verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Wow. Think of this. The favor of God is constantly at work. And when we walk in his favor, we walk in agreement with what he's doing. I think this year, we are going to experience by seeing God's favor at work in people's hearts. God wants you to experience his quality that adds delight and pleasure. That's grace. If I'm going to walk in the qualities of grace, I will be a person that is gracious. This is the Greek definition. I'm going to give it to you. Gracious. Attractiveness. Charm to your life. I would rather meet somebody charming than somebody who is ugly. So how, how, do, we, how do we practice being charmful? Delightful. Oh, you? You again? <laughs> Not like that. I'm, I'm just telling you the definition of grace right now and what, how it actually would look in our life. God wants us to experience his quality that adds delight and pleasure of graciousness to people. And, and, and here's, the, here's, the, here's the example that Jesus leaves us. And all were speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words which, he, which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, oh, is this not Joseph's son? Jesus' words, Jesus' words had a life about them that got people's attention. It's called grace. Isn't that awesome? If we're full of grace and we're functioning in grace, our words are going to impact people positively. Positively. 
God desires his gracious and favorable attitude to impact our life. Grace is an active, personal sense, is what is felt toward another. When God shows his grace to us, we feel it. And the challenge is for us is, do others feel the grace of God from my life? It's his desire that they do. Here's Acts 2, verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who should be saved. You know, there's something about a church that is gracious and kind and functioning in the grace of God that's very attractive. And I believe this coming year, because we're going to walk in his grace, people are going to be attracted to Jesus. I speak that prophetically. I, I believe this is the word of God, that we are going to influence our society because of God's graciousness in our life. They did an acts. Another part of God is grace is God's attitude toward human beings. Kindness, favor, helpfulness. Wow. It's almost like grace becomes the witness of who he is. In fact, it is. Here's, here's what we've all received, and I believe God in 2019 wants to release a more abundance of grace. For of his fullness we have all received. Grace upon grace. Grace and more grace and more grace and more grace. Wow. Isn't that all? We've all received this, folks. What God is saying, walk in it. Let, it. let it be in your language. Let it be in the words that you speak. Let his graciousness come forth out of our hearts. Hallelujah. I don't think it's very complicated. Because it's not what I can do, but who I can be. If we be gracious, we walk in favor. If we be gracious, we walk in divine ability. Just think of this. If you talk to somebody who is not saved and you're gracious, they're going to feel that graciousness. Could you resist the grace of God when it came to you? No. No. In fact, I didn't even know the grace of God came to me. All I was doing, making a deal. God poured out his grace anyway. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself. You know, 
I think we do wrong when we think somebody can save themselves. Only God can save. Because he wants it, because he is gracious. It is, his, is it his will to save? Yeah. He says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. Hallelujah. Think of a church that walks in fullness of grace. I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine this. The grace of God drew us to him, and I can just think and imagine, God, if your grace flows out of our life, people will be attracted to you. Hallelujah. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about what he has, what he's, he can make all grace abound to you so that you have enough to do whatever God asks you to do. Isn't that amazing? That's favor and ability right there. Here's another one. What time is it? Correctly speaking, able to be seen or touched because it exists in reality. If we walk in grace as our reality, it will be seen. It will be seen. How do we know? They saw it in Jesus. They were attracted to him. And it, was be, it wasn't because they believed what he believed. Or they knew what he believed. They were just attracted to him because of the grace. This favor that he gave out to people. Who knew they didn't deserve it. But he offered it anyway. Isn't that awesome? Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. The word differing there means a couple different things. Diverse, various kinds. And I think a lot of that has to do with the gift, but it also has to do with how the personality functions with it. There's a variety of things that go on. Why did God give us the grace, this grace of gift? Because... That's what he uses. We don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. We can hear God speak and, and talk it. We can use his word and just speak his word. His word is prophetic. It's not pathetic. It's very prophetic. To abound in grace becomes a practical proof of goodwill from one person to another. Grace is realized in taking a collection for the poor. 
This is all in the definition of the word grace. Benevolence is part of being gracious. Aren't, you, aren't we glad that God wasn't cheap with his grace? Amen. He just lavished it upon us. Says, you know what? My grace is going to take you. You believe in me? My grace, my favor is going to take you. You don't have to do anything about it. Just believe what I said. And my grace is going to take you out of there and put you right in here. Just like that. And God wants, God is able to make all grace abound. The word abound there is very, very unique word. <laughs> the word abound, I'm just going to give you these couple things here is to have more than enough and left over. That's what it means. If you can imagine the more grace you give, the more you receive. When we offer favor, we receive favor. Wow. That's favorable. That's kind of like cool. I'm not earning it. I'm just giving it. It was freely given to me, and I'm freely giving it away. And guess what? I get more. We all get more. <laughs> when I look back at my life, favor wasn't because of what I studied and what I knew. Favor was because of what he thought of me. So favor isn't about all that I study and all that I know. No, favor is about what he thinks about me. What he did for me. What he did for you. What he thinks about you. Well, he's favorable towards you. You wouldn't be sitting here today. So I think we ought to get off of our self-horse and get onto his chariot of fire. and get burned up. Amen. I mean, I, I <laughs> wow. Here's, an, here's another definition of the word abound. Abound means to be present in the abundance. Wow. When we're present in God, we're in the abundance of more than we need. I can't figure it out. I can't reason it out. But I can live it out. That's faith. By faith, Noah. By faith, Noah received from God divine favor and divine ability to do what he never ever saw done ever. Noah found favor, grace in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, how is that? Because he believed what God said. And so he found favor. What did he find? Well, he found that God could download to him 
all the knowledge he needed about what this boat looked like and how to put it together and how to pit, put pitch on the outside so it doesn't leak. The word pitch means grace in the Hebrew. He smeared it with grace. And the boat floated. If you want to stay afloat, let him smear you with grace. Let all his grace abound and you'll float right through. Abraham, he received grace because he believed what God said. And here's the th neat thing about Abraham. And same with Noah. They had nothing to do with God's plan except what he said. God planned it. God made the covenant. You either accept it or reject it. You're not going to alter it. They said, amen, I'm here. When you say, amen, I'm here, what you're saying is, I'm ready for the download. Let me have it. I believe downloads are coming this year. God's going to download on you because of his grace. When we, I'm going to say this, when we get into the performance attitude, what we do is we find insufficiency. I can do what I know to do, but I can't do what I don't know what to do. I can't do what only he can do. So I have to realize what I can do, but I have to also realize what he can do. Noah knew what he could do once he was downloaded. Abraham wasn't given an opportunity. God had him asleep while he made the covenant. Abraham nothing had no, no input into the covenant at all. But Abraham says, I believe. Don't think that you have to have somehow an activity in the covenant to make it real. No, you just accept what he said and then it becomes real. When you accept what he said, activity will happen. I, I, I just, you know what? God wants to reach this world. He wants to reach this city. He wants to reach this nation. And we're not going to do it with our philosophies and our theology. We're going to do it by the grace of God. By his divine favor and his divine ability that actually draws people to Jesus. Not to religion and church names and nonprofit organizations. People, are, people of the world are smarter than we think. Well, I don't want to be a part of them. Why not? Well, he wanted to be a part of Jesus. The whole world wanted to be a part. They were drawn to him. How come? Because he was gracious. And they could feel it. And the woman who should have been stoned. And he had every, he had every right to stone her because he was without fault. And he didn't. That's grace. Oh, hallelujah. Are you looking forward to a new year? See, why do we call it a new year? Because it's a new year. Oh, Fred. Another thing that abundant means, to abound means this, 
to be exceedingly rich or abundant and overflow. I think one of the most important things is to be rich in grace. To be rich in favor. The richness of God's grace took us out of the powers of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. It was the richness of his grace. Richness means that it has everything in it that is needed. Hallelujah. I know we get caught up with riches of the world and riches of money and stuff like that, but you know what? The passage in Corinthians also relates to that. It does. I won't go there. Why did the early church grow the way it did? Because of the grace of God. It's found, this, this, is, this example is found in the definition of grace. Churches are to grow. So the churches were being strengthened in faith and increasing in numbers daily. It's part of the definition of the word grace. Hallelujah. I believe in the coming year, God is going to cause his grace to abound to you and I, and people are going to sense it and feel it and are going to be drawn to Jesus. Not to us, but to Jesus. The early church was full of grace. was so gracious. 3,000 souls get saved at one time, just whew, swept right into the kingdom. Because God had a covenant that offered them freedom, salvation, eternal life, deliverance, authority. Another verse that I read that has to do with this is this. Part of the abundance of grace is coming to the realization that Satan is under our feet. It's in the definition. That's why grace is sufficient. It puts us in a position in Jesus' authority that says, Satan, you're under my feet. I'm not controlled by you anymore. Sin has been destroyed. My old man is buried. Wow. Now that's a sufficient grace. Killed the old man, buried him. Gave us authority to walk on serpents. Gave us authority over the powers of darkness. Gave us authority to heal the sick and to raise the dead. Jesus says, I give you authority. It's not our authority. It's his authority that we function in. It's because of the grace of God that release because of his death on the cross. Everything centers on the cross. Everything. 
We are saved by grace because he paid the price. We function in authority because he paid the price. We, we function in his authority because he paid the price. We didn't pay the price. It's his authority. What time is it? Tell me what time it is. Oh, 12.07. Man, I'm doing not too bad. Listen, listen to this. This is, this is to abound. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, in believing that you may abound in hope or expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again. Now the, may the God of hope, wow, the God of hope, not the God who gives hope, the God of hope. He's the God that contains our hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope or expectation by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow. I have one more verse I want to catch here. One of the I wills of Jesus. One of the I wills. He says, I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit and it shall come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. It's the will of God. I will. I will pour out my spirit. One of the things about grace and one of the things about abounding is this. Unusual manifestations. Pentecost was an unusual manifestation because God said, I will. It had nothing to do with the disciples. He said, I will. Are we willing to live with the I wills of God? No matter what they look like. When they met for prayer, because they were told not to preach in Jesus' name anymore, what happened? God poured out his spirit and the place shook. That tells you how much God is into what he wants done. They were intimidated. But they, God, God appeared with a manifestation that is extraordinary. As uh, the king of England was a extraordinary. So we, I, think, I believe that we need to listen to the word. 
because we live in a kingdom that's extraordinary. It's beyond our imagination, our understanding, and sometimes even what we accept. But God is God, and he said, I will. And I submit to the I wills of God, not to the philosophies of man, because they didn't know what it was going to look like. They didn't realize what was going to happen to them. And sometimes we think we got it all figured out. The only trouble is God does nothing. And he knows when we need extraordinary things. He knows it. And he's going to do it when he wants to do it. So I say, okay, God, you said you will. That's fine with me. Just pour out your spirit upon me. You're pouring it out. I'm receiving it. Come on. Do you believe that's the will of God for the Holy Spirit to come upon you? He said, I will. That means it's his will. Because the church, a church of favor and divine ability has everything to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It has everything to do why the Holy Spirit came. The gifts, the charisma, the grace is all by the Holy Spirit. Everything's by the Holy Spirit. Not by our intellect. Now, it doesn't mean that we're dodos. But there's a limit to what we can do. But there's no limit to what God can do. Amen? And God wants, if, if we will allow the Lord this year and believe what the word says, that he is able to make all grace abound unto you so that you have all sufficiency. Hallelujah. He wants us to have all sufficiency. In other words, everything we need to do what he wants us to do. Amen. Awesome. I'm looking forward to this year. I believe the vision that Brenda had, there might be some people here that are here, but I think there's a harvest coming in and there's going to be a whole lot of people right here. And I think God would challenge us to be gracious, to be accepting, not condoning, but accepting and helping them to be over here. Are you ready? Are we ready to be gracious? Are we ready to be non-judgmental, but discerning? There's a difference. People who need help don't always have everything together. But as the grace abounds to us, we will have all sufficiency to minister to them. I believe this year, for us here, God is saying to us, I want, I'm able to abound my grace to you that you're going to have this year a sufficiency in everything. 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 Health, finances, divine ability, divine insight, everything we need.
when I when I think, I, I have to I have to mention this because this is sometimes misunderstood because of how things have happened. But in the book of Acts, it said that they brought money and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed and nobody had need. All sufficiency. God doesn't say, well, you have enough grace, but I can't provide you any food. No, that's not God. However, I will admit that men have abused it. They've used it for their own gain, but I want to say this today, this morning, right here, right now. We have never been that way. We have always been a church that wants to bless people. And I believe God honors that. I believe that even though I didn't work for 10 years, we had provision because we bless people not just with finances, but bless people with hope, with love, with peace, with joy, acceptance. You know what a blessing it is to feel accepted? Wow. People are looking for all this stuff in the world and they're not finding it. But God is saying, I am going to give you more than enough of all of this so they'll be attracted to me. Wow. So I see an explosion of grace. I see an explosion of divine ability. I see an explosion of divine favor, unearned in your lives that's going to influence many, 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 many people. That's how it works, folks. It doesn't work by what I believe. It works by what he has given me. It works by what he has given us in favor and divine ability that causes us to function in things we know nothing about. One of my experiences was this. When I, I'm an evangelical, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm sitting in a men's prayer meeting, and I'm telling the guy next to me all about his life. And he says, how did you know all that? I said, I don't know. I didn't know anything. And the Holy Spirit was already functioning because I was pursuing to be led by him. I was pursuing to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I hungered for the reality of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And it just happens. So, just let it happen. <laughs> it's going to happen at times when you're not even aware of it. Because the Holy Spirit knows more about us, where we are and who we're with, than we do. Anyway, I've got I to stop. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the fulfillment of his covenant that the blood ratified and therefore it's going to happen. Father, we thank you. We open our hearts to you that the abundance of grace that you are able to pour out, we receive. 
We receive grace upon grace upon grace. We have all received grace upon grace. So, Father, now we need the divine ability to release it to our friends, to the world, wherever we are. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.